as they, as they ski down the mountain. Not only that, they, they alternate colors and the skier has to go around the gate. That's their goal. That's their focus as they maneuver down the hill. And not only that, somebody's taken a huge can of blue spray paint and, and kind of mapped out the lane, the best track for them to get from one gate to the next. You saw it this week. If you watched it, our best hope missed a gate. She caught an edge or she didn't get there quite enough. She, but what she lost focus somehow. I don't know if she got a little sidetracked or, or what happened, but, but life is like that. Is it not? That's why Solomon says, listen, listen, you need to be very careful with your heart because you too can be like an Olympic athlete that has trained and prepared all your life. But in just a moment, you can screw it all up. Can you not? You can lose focus. You can get a little sidetracked. Maybe you can begin to listen to the whimperings of culture or, or watch what everybody else is doing. And before you know it, you can be down for the count on a mountain there in Beijing right? Solomon says you need to guard your heart because it directs the course of your life. So I'm going to ask that question to you again today. What's in your heart? Well, what, what is it that's setting the course of direction for you? Listen, we all have desires. We all have affections in our life. And what happens is those desires and the affections that you have, those are the things that, that tend to guide how you live your life. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have desires. We should not have affections. I'm just saying that we need to heed the words of Solomon, that we need to be careful what we set our desires and affections on because we can be detoured, can we not? We can be sidetracked. We can look at someone of the opposite sex for just a little too long and not just admiring someone for their beauty, but then our minds can begin to go somewhere they shouldn't go. This is not just a male problem in the U.S. Ladies, they actually tell us that porn is increasing within the female population at a greater rate these days. We can begin to listen to things. We can begin to listen to news and, 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 and snippets of things. And, and, and before long, we can begin to lose our focus. You need to be careful what those desires are. Those things that you've set your affections to. Because you can find yourself detoured and sidetracked. You can find yourself saying things that you know God would not want to come out of your mouth. Viewpoints about other beings that have been created in the image of God. What gives us the right to speak ill of someone that's been created in his image? We need to guard our hearts. Proverbs 23, 7, Solomon would go on to say this, for as he thinks in his heart, so he is he. As I think in my heart, so am I. The heart sends that message to my mind and my mind begins to direct my courses of action. What's in your heart? Guys, listen. Our culture is in trouble. Our, our, our culture needs new heart, do we not? 
We need heart transplant. We need heart transformation. Hey, hey, by the way, how many of you have had some sort of physical something happen to your heart where you've had to have some sort of medical procedure? Come on, my hand's in the air. That's me. Stents or they go in and blast something. Or for me, I I had a stroke five years ago. Come to find out I was born with a, a hole in my heart. And boy, it hit me. So I now walk around. I got a piece of Gore-Tex about the size of a quarter that's, that's in my heart now and kind of helping me function. And uh, you know, I'm blaming my weight gain for that piece of technology. But, um, but anyway, you guys know that when our hearts are not functioning correctly, we need help. We need someone to intervene and step in. Listen, our nation is a wreck. We need heart transformation. We need heart transplant, do we not? The things that are swirling around in our culture, the things that are trying to cause you and I to lose focus. Guys, come on, come on. Even probably on this day, the Lord's day, even before you got here, there's probably been something that is not of God that has come at you and tried to detour you spiritually. Am I talking to anybody? Some of the best family fights happen on the way to church, do they not? Why can't you be on time? I should have put a coat on. Why didn't you warm the car up? And the raisin bran was soggy. I mean, whatever it is, right? And we get so detoured and sidetracked. It's the enemy. That's what he does. He wants to jack with us. He wants to pollute us in some form or fashion. And he's winning. And God knew that. God knew that. The word of the Lord in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 and 10 says, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things And desperately what? Come on, desperately what? Yeah. Who really knows how bad it is? Well, God does. Look what he says. He says, I, the Lord, search all hearts and I examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. We could go there with that last part. Who's responsible for judging and, and, and paying back people for we could go there a different day, but, but God knows our hearts. He says it is the most deceitfully, meaning dishonest, crooked. It is deceitfully wicked. God knows our hearts. He searches it. The psalmist would write words like this. Search me, O God, see if there is any unclean thing within me. Listen, we might be good at at, at camouflaging who we really are in public. But listen, make no mistake about it. You can't jack God up. He knows your heart. He knows where you're at. People might question your motives, but God understands truly your heart. But as he says, it's wicked. It's deceitful. Who can really, really wrap their minds around as Jer- how bad it is? Our motives, what comes out of our mouth. The world is constantly attacking us. The enemy's attacking us. And, and by the way, that's how sin starts. Sin, sin, sin. We all struggle with this thing called sin, do we not? Listen, you've not always been good. You've not always been a Christian. No, what you've always been is what the Bible says. You've been a sinner. What does God say about sin? He despises it. He doesn't like it. And that's not his plan for my heart or for for your heart. 
But I want you to know something today. God loves you despite what he sees, what might be in your heart today. We're going to talk more about that in a few minutes, so don't, don't check out on me. But if we're not careful, we can forget God and we can forsake God. That's what happened in the Garden of Eden. You remember that the, there was a season in which things were right and in their proper place and, and what have you, but there was an enemy. The devil himself came and began to chirp in the ear of Adam and Eve. Oh yeah, it wasn't the woman's fault. If the man would have been where he should have been protecting his wife and leading in the way that he should have been, who knows, the story might've been a little bit different. But remember what the enemy said to them? Did God really say if you eat from this, that you die. Come on. Well, I, I, I can't, Adam, do you remember? I don't remember. Eve, you're the spiritual leader of this relationship. And we can talk more about that another Sunday too, but maybe Father's Day, just a heads up, okay? Uh, <laughs> might want to go to another church that day, but, um, but did he really? Say, I don't remember. Okay, maybe he didn't really mean what he, and that's how it all happens. That's how sin snuck in, right? If we're not careful, if we don't guard our hearts, guys, it'll happen to us. Solomon, wisest man in the world, made poor choices. David, a man after God's own, biggest blunders in biblical times, correct? We'll look more at him next week. If we're not careful, if we don't guard our heart, we can forget what God's, and we can turn our back on him much like we see from our ancestry in Genesis. God knows our heart. Jesus knows our heart. In fact, I love this encounter in John chapter two. Jesus's first miracle has just been performed. Jesus's first miracle was doing what? Anybody remember? Yeah, you love that one, don't you? We like blind people getting their sight, and we, but we really love the water to wine moment, right? And you've used that. I know you've used that. John chapter two, Jesus has just turned water into wine at the wedding feast in Cana. He's gone to the temple and the day Jesus got angry and mad and began to turn temple tables over because they were selling and prostituting the temple for its original purposes. You remember that day, right? It says that people began to, to believe in Jesus and begin to trust him because of some of these miracles and things and some of the things that he had done. But I love what Jesus says because not only did, does God know our heart, but Jesus knows our heart too. In John 2, 24, 25, it says, but Jesus didn't trust them because he knew all about people. No one needed to tell him about human nature for he knew what was in each person's heart. Jesus would go on to say something like this in Mark chapter seven about our heart. He would say, for from within, out of a person's heart comes evil thoughts Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. Isn't this encouraging today in the house of the Lord? There is joy in the house of the Lord. That's what our hearts are, guys. That's what Jesus says we are. He says, all these vile things come from within. They are what defile you. Are you beginning to see our need for heart work? Are you beginning to see? Listen, God knows our heart. Jesus has said, listen, there's some wicked things. Listen, I know these people. Hey, listen, Jesus even knew. Do you think Jesus knew what Judas would do when he called him to follow him? He did. He knew that Peter would deny him. 
Peter, I'm telling you, Jesus, I will never do that. Peter, simmer down. You, I'm Jesus. I know some stuff. Our hearts are wicked. They're vile. They produce all this stuff within us. Why would God, why would Jesus want to have anything to do with us? Well, because I want you to know something about his heart. His heart is love. And despite my wickedness and despite the evil, vile things that I do, can I just tell you something today? God loves you. He, he, he loves you. And even though he knows your heart and even though he knows what it's capable of, he is still wanting to transform and change you. But we've somehow got to be cognizant and, and of the evil things that are possible from an overflow of our hearts. Evil thoughts lead to evil actions. So what's the alternative? Well, Paul says in Philippians chapter four, verse eight, he says, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Guys, we've got to flip the script. We've got to think about some different things. If all you do is focus on evil and negative and the ugly, check this out. That's what you will, that's what you will gravitate towards. What you focus on, like an Olympic downhill skier, it sets the direction of your life. And if all I'm ever going to do is think evil things, check this out, you're going to have an evil heart. If all I do is think negative things about who I am and, and, and what people are saying about me and I let that become, listen, if that's what I'm going to think about. I love that song we sang. I am who you say I am. That's what we just sang. Be careful of what you think about because you will begin to gravitate towards whatever you're focused on. And if all I think about is your junk and your funk, that is all I'm ever going to think about you. But if I have the mind of Christ, and if I remember the love and the grace and the forgiveness and the mercy that he has shown me, how in the world could I not be one? Whew. That gives that to someone else. Yeah. I mentioned to you, David, and we're going to look at this next week. I hope you'll come back. I'm not going to be hard on men next Sunday, but, but next Sunday, I want you to come back because we're going to look at David. David, biggest, one of the biggest blunders in the Bible, but yet David says, Lord, would you create a clean heart in me? Would you renew a, 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 a loyal, some translations say a steadfast spirit within me? You, you, you know, listen, you can be a follower of Jesus and get distracted and your heart can become a little, can wander away from him a little bit, right? It can. That's why we've got to put on the full armor of God every day, right? Because it's a battle we're in. David known as a man after God's own heart, but yet there was a time in which David failed. I don't know exactly what's going on in David's psyche when he writes these words here. And, but David is saying, God, listen, I'm, my heart needs to be renewed. And, and, and I love what David writes here because this is the very thing that brings a new heart. This is the very thing that brings 
transformation. This is the very thing that, that can restore you. It's the spirit of God. In order for my heart to be clean and pure and something that overflows those very things that God wants it to overflow with, I must allow the Holy Spirit of God to control and dominate me. Are you with me right now? Our um, word for the year here at 1910 is the word revival. And uh, we have these little cute little bracelets if you're interested there. Just grab one. Tell them pastor said I could have one. Take two. But the word revival. And, and the, the key verse for us with this word this year is, is a verse of scripture from Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 26. It's the prayer that God had for Israel, his chosen people who time and time again, they were for him, but then they were against him, right? They would celebrate and praise him and thank him for how he provided and how he's led, how he got, oh God, you are our God. There's no one like you until something else came along, right? I know it would never happen to us, but it was a problem for Israel. But yet we see the love of God for his people. And we see in this verse, the love of God demonstrated for us. He says, listen, I want to give you a new heart. I, 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 I want to put a new spirit in you. I, I will take out your stony, stubborn heart. Come on, is he reading somebody's mail right now? I, I, I want to take out that stony, stubborn heart, that heart that is hardened towards me, that heart that has, has grown cold. Remember that fire that used to burn that you had for me? You've not continued to feed that. You've not continued to fan that. And, and your, your passion for me is waned. Hey, listen, I, I, I want to take that from you and I want to give you a tender, responsive. Some translations say a heart of flesh. I want to give you a tender, responsive heart. Why would I share that with you today? Because someone listening either in the house or at their house thinks that there is no possible way God would want me. I'm reminded of this word revival and I've heard it all my life. That revival comes down from God. Revival comes down from heaven. And, and, and I would agree with that. But I also believe that revival comes out. It comes out of us. Revival comes out of a heart that has been filled with the spirit of God. A heart that has been rejuvenated and set ablaze. Revival burns within us as individuals. In fact, that's how we started in September and October. We talked about revival starts with us. Revival, wants, God wants to send it down. But more importantly, revival comes out of us as we get our hearts right with him. Listen, for someone who feels that your heart is too stony and you're too stubborn, I want you to know right now, God wants to do some heart transplant. He wants to do some heart transformation in you today. And he wants to give you a heart that is his. And check this out. He puts his spirit in you. We sang a song just a few minutes ago that talked about that, that about coming out of the grave. It was, his body was laid in a grave, but it came to life. That same power, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is available to everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord and is saved. Let me ask you again, what's in your heart? Do you have the spirit of the Lord? 
Well, I don't know. You can know. The Bible says whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be. Not whoever goes to church more often. Or not whose parents, what did their parents believe? No. Not if you watch Oral Roberts or David and Goliath. No, no, it's not any of those things. The word of the Lord says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And check this out. The moment I call upon the name of the Lord, whoo, infused with resurrection power, his spirit, his presence. And so for me, I still have to put on the armor every day. But I have everything I need to live a pure life because I have his spirit. Listen, God wants to change your heart first. That's the greatest work he wants to see done in this room today. And as he changes your heart, then he's going to begin to do his work, not only in your heart, but he's going to do work through you. We need transformation. We need a new heart. What's in yours? Would you stand with me today? Hey, prayer ministry team, go ahead and come join the preacher down front. Thank you guys for being here. I want you to know something. I'm about to pray and I'm going to dismiss you. And I want you to know that I've got a group of friends down front today that are going to hang out as long as it takes to pray with you, to encourage you. Maybe you're here today saying, you know what? Today's the day for my heart to shift, for my heart to change. Today, I want a new heart. Hey, listen, today may be the day that you say, I need Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Come on. We all have sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. And the wages of that sin is death. But I want you to know something. The gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, his son. Scripture says that God demonstrated his love for us and that while we were still sinners, stony, stubborn hearted, Christ died for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. If that's you today, I want you to come. This is Robin. Robin, raise your hand. That's Robin and that's her friend Lisa. If you're a female here today and need a word of encouragement, or need Jesus in your life, I want you to come see these ladies. Hey, this is my friend Harvey Guerra. He's wearing a Houston Texan shirt, but don't hold that against Harvey because this is a man of God right here. This is a man that will encourage you because he's been that in the life of this preacher. And I would love for you to come and let some of that encouragement flow from Harvey into your life. Lord Jesus, I pray right now as the Holy Spirit is moving in this room, we would respond and obey you promptly. God, we would take a step. God, may we set our eyes on you. May you be the one that we are pursuing. May we not be distracted or detoured as people are leaving here today. No, God, if you're calling us, I pray that we would come and let you do a work right now. Heart work. All for your glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, you're dismissed. Thank you.